Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, episode 162 for June 3rd, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Woohoo, you're in Canada. I am Canada land. I'm in a I'm in my in-laws basement in a suburb of Toronto, eh? Canada uck, whatever they yes. call those. Take off, yeah. you hoser. Yes, yes, take off, eh? And by uh, the way, uh, uh, Does It Have Legs will be coming back soon. And the first movie that we're doing is Strange Brew. No, it's a great movie. I'm sure it has legs. Certainly uh, up here it does. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, so I'm in Toronto, which is uh, ostensibly, I mean, it's an amazing city. I've always said it's kind of a combination of, of you know, New York meets meets London. It's got a bit of the North America meets uh, Europe thing going on. You it, should spend more time in Chicago because it's more Chicago than New York. Uh, well, I don't spend a lot of time in Chicago. That's you know? why I said you should should spend more time. <laughs> you, you've got it covered for me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's this is a massive city. It's I believe it's either I think it's bigger than Vancouver. So I think this is the biggest city in all of Canada. And uh, the big story in the news this morning, Jason. What is it? Not enough park benches in the city. We've got to get on this. <gasps> oh my goodness! I know it's insane. I love it. Oh god! Oh god! 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 Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing that happens in Canada. That you don't Apparently. have enough park benches. Yes, they're not. We park get benches. Trump. They don't have a place to sit down in the open air. Well, I think they're also preparing for Trump. You know, we got to make sure that there's places for the Americans to sleep. <laughs> to sleep. Yes. As we all <laughs> all of us homeless people move up there because <laughs> the world is ending as we know it. Yeah, it's been nice to actually not be in the U.S. for about a week. I have not heard any of the insanity that's going on over there. So, oh, no, trust me, you don't want to. And yeah. as a little follow up on the Peter Thiel story. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was actually a Trump supporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oops. Oopsie. I mean, granted, what I still think he's doing with Recode is funny. I mean, not Recode. Uh, Gawker is fun, Gawker, and, yeah. fun and funny. Uh, it'd be, be kind of tough to go up against Recode. But um, yeah, no, but fucking hell, man. Really? Trump? Uh, you know, I, I don't understand the world anymore. And, you know, I don't want to get any more comments about how we're so political. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But come on. there, there There's a. There's a point where it just becomes, you know, well, it, it's silly. Been, it's been farce for a while. It's not politics. It's farce now. It's, it's it a is. Joke. And, and and I really, 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 really. I mean, honestly, I hope I'm right because I just want. I like being right. At the beginning of this entire thing, I said that this whole deal with Trump going up to be the Republican nominee is so Hillary Clinton can get elected because they're friends, and and we're being punked the entire time. We're just being punked. And I really hope at some point he just goes, gotcha. I I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I don't think so either, because absolute power is, uh, you know, that that whole that that thing. So I'll I'll just paraphrase another one from Morrissey. Uh, This joke is not funny anymore. No, this joke is definitely not funny anymore. Uh, So I found a uh, new podcast. Uh, I I saw this. This is interesting. It's called Grouchy Old Geeks, and it comes out of London. Yes, and they've gone two episodes, and uh, it comes up under Grumpy Old Geeks, which is weird. Yes, because they're part of the Geek Syndicate, and uh, get off my fucking trademark lawn, you bitches. Uh, Yeah, you can't call yourselves yourselves Grumpy Old Geeks, guys. Sorry. Uh, We're going to have to, we don't want to send a and d but we're going to actually send a a tersely worded letter to the Brits over there and have them fix it, because not cool. Not cool. (laughs) 
They were formerly the comic book outsiders. They are now the grouchy old geeks, yet they're still using URLs and, and tags as grumpy old geeks. Yes, yes. They don't know how to fix their uh, WordPress <sighs> categories. Did you listen to their show? I, I, I listened to I listened to it for about 30 seconds and the audio quality was so terrible. I was just like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> well, That's since it. we're this episode's coming from my mobile rig in a basement in Canada, maybe we shouldn't make fun of audio quality too much today. Well, you definitely shouldn't. I heard that episode you did uh, when I was gone, so it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So there's a big conference going on. Oh, really? Everybody's <laughs> speaking. It's the Code Conference 2016. Everybody's there. It's exciting stuff. Not really. But uh, Bill Gates, basically, uh, since this is always the follow-up, it. Bill Gates is talking about uh, why artificial intelligence is almost here, and there are two big problems that it's going to create. First, jobs. Second, what if we lose control? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we've been talking about the whole time. This is why, you know, all these all these people have kind of signed. I can't. Did, was there ever a name for the thing that they signed about artificial intelligence and and being wary of it? Was there? They should, that should have a name. Yeah, it's called right? the use the useless document. Yes, it's the useless <laughs> document because you know Asimov's of, three rules of uselessness is what yeah. it is. Because on the one hand, they sign it, and on the other hand, Elon Musk in the same conference is, is charging forward, and he's going to start exploring some different neural net t- psych technologies. So No, okay. yeah. Here's the thing about this whole AI thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to nuclear weapons, right? And I think, I think back to the arms race. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is really the only people that are talking about this publicly. Yeah. How do you think China and Russia are dealing with the AI problem? They're, they're just charging ahead full steam. They're charging ahead full steam and say, these are the three rules of robotics. And then they just put in if Russian or if yeah. Chinese. <laughs> it's like, the only do, not, thing do not harm a human if Chinese. Do not only, harm a Russian if Russian. You the know? only reason I'm not terribly worried is if the Russians are pursuing this full steam, they are actually using steam power. Yeah, you know what? I kind of have some inside track on uh, Russian tech from from some people who are on the inside of that stuff. Um, yeah, not so much, uh, same with, well, obviously with China, but, uh, no, we are, you know, those top 10 lists. (laughs) Yeah. We are kind of at the bottom on a lot of those lists. We're definitely kind of in the middle on this one. Okay. Yeah. No, there's some stuff going on that, uh, most people don't know about that. Uh, we won't talk about on the show because I might get rendition to, uh, someplace else. Anyway, moving along, the only mm-hmm. thing that really pissed me off about Bill Gates's comments on this this issue, yep. is that he's talking about, oh well, people can take early retirement, not if they don't have any money, because you took their trucking job away, asshole. No, I mean that is an issue. the The idea that people can retire to, re, you know, he wants uh, we can sort this out by having people retire sooner. Um, I don't know if you've looked around recently, but most people are delaying retirement because they can't afford it. Yeah, no. So, you know, these billionaires that have gobbled up all the money and that trickle down thing that's supposed to be happening that isn't trickling down is causing an issue with that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, hey, you know, you sort out a way for me to retire tomorrow. I'll retire. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Fuck malaria. <laughs> fix retirement, Bill. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I know my dad is working like way past his, his retirement age just so he can get the maximum amount of Social Security. And I'm hoping it's still there when he's ready to do it. Well, it might be for him. It won't be for us. Oh, no, we're screwed. Yeah, we're totally screwed. <laughs> so Elon Musk is talking about uh, praising the state of innovation 
but he would like to see more in non-internet sectors like healthcare, which I agree with. It's about time somebody's paying attention to that. The healthcare industry is ripe for innovation and if nothing else, at least starting to use like one password so the hospitals don't get hacked every weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's just like healthcare uh, administrivia. Um, As far as like healthcare goes, there's a lot going on there. I mean, look at uh, Sergey Brin. You know, he's put a ton of money into actual healthcare research. And some of these guys are doing that. But yeah, I mean, if if Elon Musk is just talking about getting one password, that's pretty easy. Elon, 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 here's what you do. You go buy Agile Bits for like $20 million or however much they're worth, then give away one password for free. You bought the Washington Post. Wait, no, that was Jeff Bezos. No, that was Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah, no. I, 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 I get my billionaires confused. I, it does get confusing now, doesn't it? Because it's just a, it's a handful of 10 billionaires and you can never remember who's doing what. Oh, man. Did you see the news this week that SpaceX is worth $12 billion? I did not because I'm in Canada and we talk about benches here. Okay, so here's the funny thing. SpaceX landed their third rocket on a barge, right? Mm-hmm. They're sending shit to space. Yep. They're valued at $12 billion. Yep. Snapchat lets you fart a unicorn rainbow. They're worth $20 billion. Tell me how this fucking world is fair. It's the internet reverse proportional law. We've, yeah. we've, we've understood this for a while. The less you do, the more you're worth. <laughs> well, shit, man, I should be worth $18 trillion. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work for us for some reason. In the news... Oh, Sir Brian. Yes, Sir Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Brave Sir Jason. I feel like I should have some coconuts over here. Well, you do know that that's coming out next month. I do, yes. Yes, I I went to a movie the other night and they had a trailer for it. And it was one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. But yes, uh, yes, the Holy Grail's coming back out. But anyway, Brave Sir Brian. Yes. One of the world's most storied media companies has gloriously rebranded itself as Trunk. This is... Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't heard any, again, I, I mean, you know, we talk about benches and, and Tim Hortons and Tim bits here. Um, I had not heard this until you put this uh, in the show notes. This is, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. It's so fucking stupid. Yes. The, the Tribune Tribune publishing will now be known as trunk. These are the people that own the Chicago Tribune and the Los Angeles times. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's funny. I I was uh, back like one of my first jobs was Hollywood Online. They got bought out by the Los Angeles Times. I do remember dealing with this company. Uh, I quickly left after that happened. Uh, But wait, wait, do you know what Trunk is? Oh, the joy of to have a Trunk business card now. No, I have no Uh, idea what that is. A content curation and monetization engine. Oh, so it's medium. (laughs) Pretty much. And Twitter (laughs) and Facebook. But you know what they don't say it is? What? Journalism. Uh, no, or, uh, journalism. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not journalism, right? It is yeah. a it, no, it is a content curation and monetization engine, which means let me let me put this in lay terms. Okay. Content curation is you being Perfect. a lazy motherfucker and not creating anything yourself and taking mm-hmm. shit that other people do yeah. and then making money off of it. Kind of like our podcast. Right. Or, <laughs> so, or, or, except yeah. for the money part. Oh, that's right. We don't make any money off of this. Maybe we um, should recall ourselves grumpy old trunks. Oh, no. We might no. get sued. They, oh, I'm, I, even though that they have a really stupid name and a hideous logo. Yep. Um, 
We, uh, they still have more lawyers than we do. You only have one. Uh, we that have l- one, and she is kind of knocked okay. up right now, so that's not a good thing. That isn't their real logo, right? I thought that was a joke. No, that's their logo. That's really... That really is the logo. <laughs> I'm not... That, that's not a joke. So why isn't Tron suing them? Uh, because it is legally differentiated enough from the Tron logo. Yeah, I, I love the fact that they actually have like circuit board patterns behind the Dayglo letters. Exactly. Um, this, this is, is uh, this is like a like a rejected version of the hackers logo from 1995. You know how we were talking about how we're hoping Trump is just this big joke. This has got to be a joke, right? I really wish. And it's and Trunk stands for Tribune Online Content. So they d- took the tur. From Tribune and online content. Yes. Jason, it's it's a portmanteau. In a portmanteau. You know what? I left a really nice portmanteau in L.A. I think I need that back. Um, um, so I can leave the I, fucking country because everything is going to shit. I feel like this is the first major corporation that's just gotten millennialed up the ass. Uh, you know, because, yeah, last time it was uh, time, you know, the time Warner thing mm-hmm. back in the day with AOL buying them. They got Gen X up the ass. This is the millennial up the ass. <laughs> yeah, apparently when this was announced, uh Twitter, sometimes Twitter can still be useful apparently. Uh just there was a shitstorm. There's a link that Jason put in the show notes that has some of these best tweets I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um I, I'm a big fan of Farhad Manju who's a tech writer. I like his Trump Trunk 2016. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, that one's good. Uh the whole Hodor thing is is very, very good. That was that was that Hold was the, the, the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this I, I just can't. I, I can't believe this is real. This is uh, insane. Well, you know what? This is this is why our, our the tagline of our show should actually be. This has all happened before and it'll all happen again, because guess what? Yeah, uh, this has happened before when AOL bought Time Warner. Uh, yeah, there was a there was that whole big shakeup. This is just this is just a simple rebranding. This is nobody got bought on this one, but it is just as fucking stupid yeah. as that whole thing was. Well, let's you know? just say uh, here we go. Old school like media, millennial media. The Tribune is a name that's derived from Roman officials whose job it was to protect average citizens from unfair actions of patrician magistrates. Tronk, as this article gloriously states, is just the sound of a millennial falling downstairs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what? I have to pull this up now because of Kurt Wagner. Kurt Wagner, you are my new hero. He's the guy that wrote this article, and I love you, Kurt Wagner. He is the senior editor of social media, uh, which normally, if you told me that at a cocktail party, I would punch you in the throat. But in this case, you win the day. Yes, that was, it's a <laughs> glorious article. And I, again, having been away and not heard anything about this, it's quite wonderful. Um, speaking of Romans... Uh, Periscope has an interesting new plan uh, about how to basically police their own systems. Uh, Pretty much just involves, you know, Roman tribes running around and killing other people. Okay. Yeah, so uh, they're basically going to allow, if you're on Periscope and somebody is doing something bad or trolling you or whatever, you will now be able to push a button uh, triggering what is called a flash jury of other users watching the same live stream, and then you get to basically hang other people. See, now here's the deal. You equated it to Romans. Yes. I equate this to lynch mobs. Well, uh, you, you know, just said hang other users. You 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 said that. So yes, what I'm I thinking of, that, what I'm thinking of is I got I, I'm in a group of people and mm-hmm. there's one person. Maybe it's 
Leroy Jenkins over there yep. doing something really stupid. Mm-hmm. And then you want to hang him out to dry. Yep. Yes. Then you can all get together and go off and make him go on his merry way. But it's just a timeout. It's, this is like, this is the Sesame Street version of vigilante justice. It's yes. what well, it is. Let's also, you know, keep in mind the fact that this is just Periscope and who the hell is on Periscope? Anyway? Uh, about gazillions of millennials who are making a lot more money than we are because they're smarter than we are. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather be poor than be, on, than be on Periscope. Maybe that should be the tagline for a show. We'd rather be poor. <laughs> Uh, but people who aren't poor are Facebook because now they are, they, you know what they, they have thrown down the, I do not get this is the Facebook zero fucks given flag has been thrown down on the ground because now they're tracking and showing ads to people who don't use Facebook. They have turned into a massive ad network. that yeah. is like everybody else. Is, Period. Are, are, That's are, it. We, are we surprised? Hell no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was going to be the plan anyways. The whole point of Facebook being free is to collect as much information about you as possible to sell to you everywhere that you go on the web. And we've yeah. known that Facebook tracks your actions across the web when you're not on Facebook. We've known that Facebook tracks your actions across the web even when you're not signed into Facebook. Why is this surprising? Yes, it was called Beacon before. And yes. guess what? There was a massive outrage. You know why? Because they branded it. But this time now they're just saying today we ex- we're expanding our audience network, audience well, plus, network. So plus we've also okay, hey. just we've all just given up. We don't care anymore. Oh, I do. <laughs> I, I totally fucking care. Uh, today we're expanding our audience network so publishers and developers can show better ads to everyone, including those who don't use or aren't connected to Facebook. But guess what? They are. This is Beacon 2.0. That's all this is. Yep. And if they if they had done the if they had done this the same it like at the beginning when Beacon launched, if they had been this savvy in marketing, this is what they learned from Beacon was, oh, don't tell everybody that we're doing, you know, a, a, that we don't put a name on it. We don't label it. It's just like, oh, hey, now you can advertise to everybody. If they yep. would have said that the first time, Beacon would have been here four years ago. Yeah. That's it, because there are fucking Facebook buttons on every page of the goddamn Internet now. And <laughs> we did it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. How's the outrage going there, Jason? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. OK, good. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and continuing with the Facebook theme and the no shit article, usually Recode is pretty good at this stuff. But Recode put out an article about Instagram's ad business, and they're shocked and surprised about how it's looking more and more look like Facebook's ad business. Because Facebook fucking owns Instagram. Because Facebook owns Instagram, why wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> My only outrage is like, why did it take you so fucking long, you dumbasses? I am wondering why it took them as long oh, as well. Oh, so, you know what that was? That time mm. differential from when they bought Instagram and the whole, oh, we gave a billion dollars to 13 people who made Instagram to the point where now, like, there are 10,000 people working on Instagram. That's called lube. That's the lube before the ass fucking comes. Now, guess what? Here it comes. It's really not all that bad. I, you can now You're have, the one that complained about it first. You're like, is every third post on Instagram an ad now? Yeah. I, I, I quote you. I quote you on that. So. Oh, okay. Chill out, Jason. 
It's okay. okay. We're all good. Let's just actually report the news on this one. We are. Okay. No. So, no, you're Brian, not. Brian, if we reported it. the news, what what fun would that be? Okay. Well, never mind. We can just have the internet outrage machine. I'm sorry, it's nine o'clock in the morning and I'm over caffeinated. <laughs> I have noticed this. <laughs> so, they're rolling out basically business profiles. So, if you're a brand or a company or whatever, you can finally actually have a separate type account than the regular one. It adds a contact button and you'll be able to basically promote specific posts instead of just posting ads as you did before, which actually I do think is a slight it's slightly better because that's actual content that's performing well that you'll be able to promote instead of creating a stupid actual ad. And we all know the algorithm is coming and has already came. So you're not going to see it's just it, you got a new timeline. That's just photos, which is kind of what Facebook is at this point. Anyways, mostly people are just posting photos or their stupid live video shit, which I don't oh, care about. Oh, God, the live video thing. No, I think this is this is actually better because they have, have to write a post to actually promote it, which, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean. Granted, yes, you can still probably buy an ad, but you know, if you can do a post, give it some juice, the same thing. It is the same thing. It's promoted posts. Yeah, it's I mean, Instagram is just a it's your Facebook feed with just only photos. That's all it is now. We all understand that, right? Okay, but cool. here's, here's the funny. Here's the funny part. <coughs> uh, your Facebook feed is half Instagram photos because everybody cross posts. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I still, again, we can go back to like episode five where I was like, "Why do we have all these different things? Because they're all the same thing." Yeah. No. Oh well. Uh, poor. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor Ello just couldn't get in there. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Hello. Goodbye. And Facebook has also, well, announced, I wouldn't say they rolled out because I'm sure it's been there for a long time, their new AI language processing engine called Deep Text, which, I mean, this could, <laughs> I mean, this is just straight out of Silicon Valley at this point. In yeah, terms of the seriously. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to power the bot, so it, it'll start to do things a little bit smarter in the future, like instead of uh, to asking me if I want an Uber when I've just spent an entire three paragraphs ranting about how much I can't stand Uber and Facebook message. It'll be able to note that I actually don't like the company and they won't ask me if I want to call one in the future. So basically what they're doing is generic sentiment analysis on a post, which everybody should have been doing for how long now? I mean, we've had sentiment analysis for what, 10, 15 years now. Yeah. But I mean, the theory behind this is that it's much more than sentiment analysis and it's, it's learning, it's self-aware and learning and will be able to correct itself and not require somebody sitting there and coding it out anymore. It's going to code itself. Damn it. Well, no, I, well, also I think what we have now is ubiquitous computing and the, the actual machines have gotten so cheap because back in the day, if you wanted to run sentiment analysis on like not cinnamon sentiment analysis on, you know, any kind of tax, it would take you an SGI to do it. Yeah. Nowadays, you can do it on your phone in about a third of a millisecond. So <laughs> now that it now that we have this so much computing power, it's it makes it easier for them to do that. Yep. Now, I I have joked many times about BuzzFeed mm-hmm. and their news <laughs> their news division. Yep. Well, it turns out they've got a great news story about Northwestern Polytechnic University in California. Okay. Uh, they enroll ninety nine percent of their students. Mm-hmm. Um. Which means uh, you have to really be shit at a human being to not get into this university. Yeah, you, you, and, yeah. Basically, and, if you can pay, you're in. And they apparently that's what that's the one percenters, the ones who can't pay. Right. <laughs> it's the reverse one percenters. Um, and they have abolished the F, which means everybody passes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reading this. I'm just scanning this right now. It also has no full time faculty. 
why would you need faculty? Everybody yeah, why passes. Why would you need teachers when everybody passes? So. Yeah. So it's just uh, yeah. Okay. So you can basically you're just paying for a diploma, which you're I, paying for a diploma, which also means that you can use that as far as your immigration goes to get a job in the U.S. So this is one of those crazy loopholes that uh, gets the gets gets the foreigners into America. Yep. They get and they get so- around the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody better tell Trump about this. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he's probably he's probably part owner. He's an <laughs> investor. Uh, what are you going to do anyway? So, yeah, check that. out. It's just like there, there, there are loopholes everywhere, people. I just thought this one was very funny because there there has to be like, you know, I've worked with people that have gone through this. I know it. I know it to my bones because I'm like, uh, can you do a regex for this? And they're like, uh, what is regex? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you get a diploma, you get in the country. Good for you. I'm glad that all this stuff exists. Uh, <laughs> a while back, remember when there was a the big kerfuffle because all of a sudden people were able to access what their Uber ratings were from their drivers? And first off, everybody was shocked and surprised that the drivers were rating people. Uh, and then they were really pissed off when they saw their ratings. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I knew it wouldn't work that way from the get go, but you didn't because you're a mower on. But yes, I do remember when that loophole came out and uh, they shut it down. But now apparently you can just do it whenever you like. Yeah, I don't know how long this has been out there, but apparently, yeah, they've, they've now gotten the, the loophole is basically now just a button in your account section on Uber. And I'm proud to state that even though all I do is complain and about Uber and say what a horrible company it is, I've got a 4.9. Yeah, me too. People like I, me. I had a 5.0 for gazillions of years, if that was – gazillions of Uber years, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, one guy gave me a gave me a 4, which really ruined my 4 point – or 5.0 gave me a 5. Yeah. You, must, you must be graduate from that college. I am because I can't do – I can't do math. Yeah. My math, math is bad. But, yeah, no, it's, it's cool that they did that now. Um, I would like to see the – the average rating of my driver, which I do. Do they do that when you call them? It's been so long since I've done an Uber. Uh, but yeah, they still show you the average rating. Okay, for the for the driver that's showing up. Yeah, so yeah. you can say uh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's uh, I mean, well done on that Uber, because if you're going to talk about transparency and, and you should be transparent and you did that for once. So good on you. Uh, what isn't so good <laughs> is uh, we talked about this a couple months ago I, when they were first discussing it. And, but now they're actually unrolling the auto lease program where they'll basically give anybody it, it give you a car so you can drive for Uber, even if you can't really. They afford don't give a you a car. They lease you a car. Yes, they lease you a car. And this is basically oops. Uh, this is basically they're bringing back indentured servitude. Um, that's, that's what it is. Well, actually they're not this. There's a big difference between indentured servitude and leasing a short-term Uber lease car. Okay. Here's the difference. A. Okay. Professor DeFilippo. A. You can quit Uber and you You can give the car back. You can just give them the car back. There's no small print there. There's no fees. There's no penalty charges. There's no nothing. You can just give the car back there. These are short term leases that you can cancel at any time. I want to look at the short term. I want to look at the short term print for that. OK, do that. I don't buy it. Here's here's my issue with this. Mm-hmm. This program is preying on the poor, which yes. I, I do. I completely agree with you with that. Okay. They're preying on the poor for people who don't have cars, because what they're saying is you get an unlimited mileage lease on a car. 
You can mm-hmm. drive for Uber. You mm-hmm. have to log all your mileage, all that stuff, which I don't yep. know why you would have to log your mileage because so they want to know a cell how phone. much you, they want to know how much that you're using it personally versus for business. Uh, and you your cell phone shut off. I'm going to tell you exactly why I just figured this out. They want to know if you're taking the Uber lease working for Uber for one hour and then driving for Lyft for nine hours. Yeah. What you're That's doing with your non Uber time is what they want to know what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Um, and then they're going to sell that to Amazon so they can figure out where you shop and then they'll sell you coupons and then they'll give that to Facebook and then you can get better ads anyway. Hey, you just encapsulated our new world in a nutshell. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> the problem I have with giving cars to people who are not car owners and regular drivers, mm-hmm. they suck at driving. They are terrible at driving because they don't do it every day. Okay, reel it back in. There's a a comedic break here because Jason said something that was culturally inappropriate (laughs) and is not going to let this air on the show because he is the editor of the show. Uh, For once, I actually agree. I'm glad you cut that because... uh... I my, my my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> um, here's the deal: what we have, we have people of inadequate means yes. who do not drive cars every day, right? And do not know, like they don't have the muscle memory that are out there every day. I know people like this. One of them is friend of the show, Doctor Teeter. One of the worst drivers I've ever been in the car with scared me to death. Uh, second person, Robert Fogarty, the guy that does our voiceovers. I will never again let him get behind the wheel when I'm in a passenger seat. Love them both to death, but when you don't drive a car every day, you don't know how to drive. That's right. it. So these they're putting Uber. Uber is putting people who don't know how to drive behind the wheel of cars who are crappy at driving. So what could go wrong? I would argue that very few people are good at driving anymore, even if they have their own car and spend a lot of time driving. No, but, no, no. Uh, there, there are some basics. There are some serious basics that go along with it. Like, again, see every comment I've made about Prius drivers in Santa Monica for the last two years. Oh, uh, well, I don't consider them drivers. I consider them <laughs> douchebags in a metal cage with a battery. Okay. <laughs> That's about it. Also kind of encapsulating our near future in one sentence. Yes, indeed. Okay. Moving moving on from the driving thing before I say something else. (laughs) Yes, let's do that. Uh, In the the biggest laugh that I've had all week from a headline, uh, time for Google to have consumer-facing customer service. (laughs) No. Yeah, this is an article saying it's nearly impossible to contact Google for help. There's no direct email, no phone support. There's not even chat. You're basically on your own. So that's every tech company now. Have you tried to talk to anyone at Twitter, Facebook, anywhere? Good Mm -hmm. luck. No, yeah, it's impossible. Because you know why? Because Google pioneered this and everybody else said, oh, hey, it's working for Google. It should hey, work we, for us. we don't have to spend any money on this pesky customer service thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> my friend had her, she had 180,000 followers on Facebook. And uh, yeah, they just shut it down one day because somebody hacked her account and posted like three posts and they completely banned her account, blocked it. They changed the passwords, went back in. There is like the arbitration process to get your account turned back on is almost non-existent. You mm-hmm. have to know somebody at these companies. But yep. since at some point we will all work at these companies, <laughs> then it doesn't really matter. We might be sweeping the floor, but then we can go down to Joe in, in the you know customer arbitration department and say, hey, Joe, can you turn Susie back on? She got kind of fucked this week. And yep. they'll turn it back on. That's how I got MetBlogs put back into Google News. My friend Kevin worked at Google. And we couldn't get anybody on the phone. And I said, hey, Kevin, can you go down? Or actually, uh, Sean Bonner called Kevin. I was too lazy. And he's like, hey, can you go down the hall and talk to the guys at Google News? And they're like, 
Oh yeah, we're done. Yeah, they're back on. It's all good. That's <laughs> yeah, it. I mean that's how it works. In, back in the day when being verified on Twitter actually meant something, that's how I got a bunch of my bands verified too. I knew somebody that works at Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I just sent her an email. Hey, can you sort these out for these couple of bands? I think we should call this techno nepotism. That's what it is. That's all it is. Yeah. Good times. Good times. And no, yes, Google will never, ever put people in touch with the the, the unwashed masses ever. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, you know what? It could make it happen. Maybe if you paid for something. Mm, okay. But all this stuff is free, so why provide customer service? I kind of understand that. Um, music news. Uh, somebody, let's see, uh, Spotify posted financials. And uh, speaking of, I, I should just go work for Spotify. Average Spotify employee salary is $168,000 a year, which no, is No, it's pretty- not. No, uh, it's all right. not. Here we go. Okay, well, Jason. No, it's a disingenuous number because I guarantee <laughs> the people that wrote this article put in the multi-million dollar compensation packages for the C-level employees, which raised the boat for the average general employee at Spotify. For the point they're making, it's still valid. No, it's not. It's not. No, uh, it's we're not. trying to show the difference. Okay. Aver- well, an average. Are- no, an average Spotify employee. Take <laughs> out. On. Take out the no. Take out the C levels. Take out the C levels and give me what that number is. I'm sure it is still. It, it, so so she needs two hundred and twenty. You realize, Jason, all you're doing right now is shitting on the point of the article. Well, yes. that's all I'm saying. Exactly. We haven't even gotten to the point of the article yet in this podcast. <laughs> and you've all you you've spent five minutes shitting on what the point will be, which doesn't matter if you include C-level salary packages or not. The point being 288 million spins to equal the average Spotify employee salary. You take out the C-levels and you're still at 150 million spins, which is still fucking insane. That's the point. Well, I was going to agree with you on that point. <laughs> you don't start to you don't agree by starting by shitting on it. I wasn't shitting on it. I was just saying the number is wrong. Uh, oh, Brian, you've been in Canada too long, man. I know people are nice here. I know you, you're getting way too defensive. You need to come back to America. Robert, Roger Daltrey doesn't want to make any more music because there's no point because Jason will just shit on all the points. I think that's what he said in the article. No, no, no I actually agree it, with every single point in his article. <laughs> no, I just thought I just I the only time I've ever seen Roger Daltrey live on stage was at a Highlander convention and it was amazing. <laughs> and he sang, he sang, and he he sang and swung the microphone around so he could get sweaty. And then he sold his his moist his moistened Roger Daltrey t shirt for like four thousand dollars to a bunch of crazy housewives, and probably made more money than he is on his next next record, which is why he's not going to make a new record. Yeah, that would be the point. He did an interview where he said he's not going to bother making a record because he has to pay to make a record, and you don't make any money off your music anymore. So why would I pay to make something that I won't make any money off of? Yeah, he says, you get paid for streaming my ass. There's no control. Musicians are getting robbed every day. And now it's mm-hmm. creeping into film and television, everything now. You notice the internet is a slowly but surely destructive thing in all ways. I don't think it's improved people's lives. It's just made them do more work and feel like they're they they're wanted a bit more, but it's all bollocks. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're wanted because they've got 50,000 Facebook likes or whatever, and it's all bollocks. Look up for a while, live in the real world. I want to have Roger Daltrey on our show because I think he's one of us. I, I uh- I, I, uh, yeah, I entirely agree with him. And I, I think I was saying for quite a long time and, and it's starting to happen, which is I said, people are going to stop your the, your favorite musicians are going to stop making music because there's no fucking point. Right. And now they are. 
So in <laughs> on the previous article, I still agreed with you, Brian. I just disagreed with their math. That's I know, all. but how about we introduce the premise of the article before you go off on a five-minute diatribe about what you don't like about it? It was 17 seconds. All right, we'll take out the stop clock. <laughs> the stop clock? Stopwatch, is, whatever. Is, is, is that, a, is that a, the, the Canadian <clears throat> term for stopwatch? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's the Canadian cyberpunk term, I think. Okay, let's move on to Tesla's Gigafactory because we have some some very funny stories about this. Okay. It's your story. Oh, well, I just thought you'd start with five minutes about uh, something wrong about it. No? Okay. Tesla's Gigafactory is set for a grand opening July 29th. There you go. (laughs) It's going to be its massive Nevada battery plant uh, when, yeah, I mean, they've been talking about opening this for a long time. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think this is a really good thing. We could use this. Uh, They definitely need it. Uh, It's going to, at its peak output in 2020, of course, because it's all going to take that long, it's expected to produce 35 gigawatt hours of battery capacity per year, which is pretty damn awesome. Okay. So this is Mm -hmm. the actual battery factory. Yes. Okay. I was looking at the the this is where we were talking before the show. I was looking at the picture at the top of the article. And I'm like, is that an artist rendering or is that the actual place? And then we started getting on to Bryce. <laughs> it is definitely an artist rendering. It would be if it looks like that, I would be worried. Well, it's I'm, not it's not even contouring to the mountain. Yes. I'm just like, they did a really good job of like, you know, landscaping on that one <laughs> and all these roads and things coming into it just kind of seem to terminate into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a couple wind turbines off the far right for no particular reason. Oh yeah. I just saw those. Yep. And there's also no parking. So yeah, there's no, par- well, it's all robots. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is Tesla. It it is a self-driving factory. Yes. <laughs> but I was looking at this and, um, and then we started talking about the old program Bryce from way back in the day. And yeah. if you've ever been to an industrial or electronic music con or, you know, concert way back yes. in the 90s, you have seen the um, the chrome sphere floating over a lake with yes. the band name over top of it. That is Bryce. Yes, that is Bryce. Uh, and Bryce is probably one of the reasons that uh, our dear friend Carl Wallinger um, basically didn't record a World Party album for about four years because he went down the Bryce hole uh, and he'd be sending me landscapes going, isn't this awesome? And I go, aren't you supposed to be recording an album? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that great World Party album, Landscapes, which was never released. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I I have spent my time down the Bryce hole. I was I was doing it on a uh, Macintosh two CI way right. back in the day, and it took uh, the I, I I actually still have the printout that's laminated. It was <laughs> so I made these spaceships. I I I was going the other way around trying to actually make something and not do like you know the standard Bryce thing and try and make like you know a three D thing out of it. Yeah. It took you know day and a half to render. Then I printed out, I think it was called a Centronics printer, which was basically wax. You remember those things? Vaguely, it's the yeah. size of a bus. And we used to have them at Kinko's before we had, you know, uh, SGIs to color, color uh, copiers. This was the only color way to like do prints. And it was, um, it was like wax on paper and then you could laminate it. And then it would like just make this beautiful little print. And I went down the Bryce hole for quite some time, but I still have it. I should, if I, if I can dig it up, I will put it in the show notes. I have a picture of my, my, my down the Bryce hole print. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, And yeah, that was, and and Kai owned them. Kai's power tools bought them and then they were sold to, uh, 
somebody else. But yeah. Oh man, that was the fun day. Those were the fun days when like you could, you could make software that was doing like just crazy shit. Yep. That's all gone. And we'll be right back. But now a word from our sponsors. What is Loot Crate, Jason? Let me tell you, Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for geeks, nerds, comic book lovers, and pop culture aficionados, basically us. Every month, subscribers receive a mystery box full of collectibles, figurines, apparel, and memorabilia. Each box contains at least $45 in value, and many items are exclusively crafted for the Loot Crate community. Each crate also has a theme centered around major franchises, theatrical releases, and events, and this month's theme is right up my alley. It's dystopia. Dystopia. Basically, every book I read. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, This dystopia must flow. That's right. (laughs) Pop culture is full of brave new worlds and societies in flux that don't always turn out for the best. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia. Featuring classics like Robocop, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and The Matrix, and new faves, Bioshock Infinite and Fallout 4. We've got a figure, cool collectibles, and of course, our dystoporific monthly tea. Yes, or you can just explore our news segment. <laughs> dystoporific news. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash grumpy and mm-hmm. save $3 off any new subscription. And if you don't go to lootcrate.com slash grumpy, we will be extraordinarily grumpy. That'll be dystopian for us because we need to make a buck or two. Comment of the week. Big thanks to our new Patreon subscriber, Neat. <laughs> Man, at least I make it through the first name. I usually just mispronounce the, the last name. <laughs> I Dude, I, I, just, I, I apparently I haven't had caffeine for like two weeks because I was sick. I'm just it, saying it is, that it is seriously not affecting me well. <laughs> look, we were talking offline right before you started this segment and you were telling me about this two quarts of, of cold brewed tea thing. And I was like, yeah, I noticed the first part of the show. Yeah. Sorry Maybe about that. Guys. Dial that back a little bit. <laughs> I, but I had to do this early because I got another show right after this. So uh, thank you very much. A new Patreon subscriber, Steve Markulik. We really appreciate your support. And if you'd like to join Steve, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Yes, and I got to hang out with friend of the show Ted here in Canada this week, and he also uh, tweeted us because I've talked about uh, a little bit about how uh, unlimited bandwidth is going away in the U.S. and they don't have it in Canada, and they never did. You've always had to pay for it. Apparently, you get rogered in- by Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he rogered by Rogers exactly. Uh, apparently, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, the CRTC, is wading into this debate here. Uh, they may be looks like they may be rolling out some unlimited packages here, uh, but of course, the net neutrality issues come into play because it ain't going to be for free; it'll be for ads. And we also know that there is no such thing as unlimited bandwidth. Yes, that's uh, yeah. Then, hey, Canada, you get to find out what, uh, you know, what happens when they give you unlimited bandwidth and all of a sudden everything slows to a crawl when you're talking to your friends in Sweden. Patrick writes, Brian, I've been using an app called YNAB. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we know what that means? Uh, You need a budget. All right. You need a budget. For years, I've been very happy with it iOS app is great. Desktop app is great. Only rub is that desktop in iOS sync via Dropbox, which is fucking dumb. <laughs> Hopefully they'll, that'll change at some point. Worth noting, I continue to use it. 
I, I, I continue to use the classic version. I can't speak to the newer one. Classic still works and is still supported. It wasn't broke, so I didn't change it for once. Anyway, so the point of this is you needed a budgeting app because you have now moved to the Macintosh. Uh, not so much a budgeting app. I mean, I need the whole deal. So I, I I haven't heard of this. I should take a look at it. I will take a look at it. Thanks for the tip, Patrick. Uh, I'm not bothered by the syncing via Dropbox. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid, but I use 1Password and I sync it via Dropbox. It's just convenient. I'm kind of okay with that. The security is mostly there. Um, interesting. I mean, I don't, I, I, but the thing is I need the whole package. I need to be able to track income, uh, uh, bank accounts, credit cards, and I need, you need a bookie bookkeeping app. Well, yeah, yeah. So, which is what QuickBooks was. And I need to be able to export to give to my accountant at the end of the year, all that sort of stuff. So it sounds like this is cool, but probably not big enough to deal with everything I needed to do. Well, we'll see. I'll check it out. And I, I am already worried by the I'm still using the classic version and won't upgrade because that is the Intuit crap hole that we all end up in. Which is <laughs> that is to. exactly the Intuit <laughs> crap hole. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'd love to still be using QuickBooks 1997 if I could, but they that one the, worked. <laughs> and they removed the ability for you to continue to use old versions. So, yeah. Back, yeah, in, the, back in the day on your Macintosh Quadra 650, Intuit mm. ran great. Yes. So um, I will take a look at it, though. So thank you for the tip. Uh, if anybody out there wants to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast, on Instagram at, at Grumpy Old Geeks, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website, old school of us, at GrumpyOldGeeks.com, where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out. It'll only take a minute or two, and we've got quite a few of them now, so keep those stars coming. Just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes, and it'll take you right there. At the library. I've been trying to finish a book that friend of the show, Greg, has been uh, trying to get me to read for years and years and years. I haven't quite finished yet, but uh, <laughs> everybody can look forward to my review of The Dirt, The Motley Crue Story next week when I do finish it. Oh, that's um, a Neil Strauss book, right? Huh? That's Neil Strauss. Is it? Did he write that? The, yeah. the Motley Crue thing? I Hell did not yeah. know that. Well, well, even better reason for me to be reading it right now. I did not even notice. because Yeah, you know, Neil, Neil did the Motley Crue book. He did the Marilyn Manson book. And by the way, here's a bit of trivia. Mm. Uh, when Neil was writing the Motley Crue book, that's when he decided to become a pickup artist because he went on tour with Motley Crue and wrote that entire book, didn't get laid once. Backstage with Motley Crue for however long it took him to write that book, didn't get laid once. That's got to be next to impossible. I mean, you know, the argument could be made that you don't want to get laid by anybody that's back there, but... Hard not to, um, but we're doing the Ad Library segment anyways because I've had this in the show notes for like a couple of weeks and it's too good not to talk about. Uh, Bill Gates has reviewed Neil Stevenson's Seven Eves, which uh, we've talked about at great length. It's one of our favorite books that came out in recent years. I just think it's funny that Bill Gates is reviewing it and because it's Bill Gates, he doesn't just review it. He goes and has coffee with Neil Stevenson. And reviews it in VR. Yes. That's <laughs> the point that I really liked. He reviews it in VR. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool. It's this is definitely worth the read. I think I, I enjoyed it a lot. And if you haven't read Seven Eves yet, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, I do because you don't have a whole lot of time because it's a long book. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and and you know we're we're still kind of a little bit at odds on Seven Eves. I thought I still think the first half was amazing. I still think the second half, eh, not so much. But mm. you know, yeah, that's okay. 
Uh, Bill apparently liked it very much. So, uh, yeah, Bill and I are on board. So, you know, Bill, we can come hang out together. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, we'll ignore Jason. Yeah, Showmeister and Gates. BF, That's right. BFFs. If only. Software, apps, and gadgets. The Hubsan H501SX4 FPV brushless drone. Or what I like to call the Jason finger killer. <laughs> uh, well, it was a finger nipper. It wasn't a killer. It was a finger nipper. I bought this at the Boing Boing store, and uh, I've been having a ton of fun flying this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been running out of propellers, uh, so I have to go find uh, where to get some propellers. Uh, and then I texted, uh, or I, I, I did some DMs with Shenny and Mark from Boing Boing, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're friends. And... Uh, <laughs> Yes, that was my that was my weird douchey voice. And yes, it kind of uh, was. Yes, uh, that, that was the point. <laughs> um, anyway, this thing has been a, a a monster. I have run it into just about everything. Like literally, I've landed it in water, pulled it out, shook it off, and it flew again. Unfortunately, yep. I did fly it into something that was much more hard than a pond, which was a, a concrete wall. Um, <laughs> and so. There are links in the show notes on uh, the drone on Boing Boing, and uh, I'm not going to mention the price because I found out that you can find it much cheaper at other places than I paid, and I believe they're working on changing their pricing now uh, to be more commensurate with what it actually costs in the real world. But the actual replacement parts for it are very cheap. So okay. I've got I've got I've got propellers coming. I've got gyroscopes coming and I have new compasses coming and little rubber feet because <laughs> I've also... lost all of that because I hit the, this thing was like, you know, uh, when I don't, I is like a robot when it hits a wall and just all the parts fly apart. I had to put it back together. That's kind of how it works with my drone. Might I also suggest like Falconer gloves? No, no, no. I'm getting, I'm getting good at flying it. I'm actually okay. getting good at flying it because I practiced every day and that's why I, beat it to hell and broke it because that's what I wanted to do. This is my starter drone. I knew I was going to break it many times, but the replacement parts for this thing are great. They're cheap. They're, they're super cheap. It's, it's a, it honestly is a worthwhile drone. If you want to start learning to fly a drone, it's not, it's not a DJI, DJI, which is going to cost you a lot more. I like their base price for their base base model is twice as much as this thing is. And the the characteristics are the same, but once you're done learning like how to fly manually, it, it, here's the deal: this is like learning how to drive a car with stick, and then you move into an automatic. That's right. the difference. So you know how to drive well before you move into the one that actually can do everything for you. So when things happen, you can actually take over and know what's going on. That's all I'm saying. And it's a, it, it's a it's a fun investment, and you're gonna have a good time doing it. Okay. Excellent. Drone away. I will. Okay. So Henry Graber, who I've not read much about before, uh, has an article over at Slate talking about the iPhone SE and how it is a design classic, simple, functional, and as iconic as a swing line stapler. What say you, Jason? It's a 5S. 
Yeah, I, I know. That's a, the thing it's for a me. Fucking five S. <laughs> the article is great because it gets really into the weeds about why it's good design wise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have to argue that it looks like a relic compared to the six. It just does. The six is way better looking than the SE. It, yeah. Anyways, I don't agree with him, but I like the article. It's funny. It's very funny. I have a five S right yeah. here on my desk. <laughs> I use that to control my Alexa PlayStation through Spotify for my Echo downstairs. So my dog is happy. That's what I use my 5S for. My 6 Plus, I use for daily life. <laughs> so so his his iPhone SE is a design classic. Perfect. It is classic, which means it's old and, and barely useful. That's what yeah. I got to say. The one thing that I do agree with with. I don't, I don't, I can't even remember if you even said this. The one thing that I actually adore about the fives Mm -hmm. is that they have a flat bottom. So you can actually set it down and it will stand up. The sixes do not have that. You have to have a case that has a flat bottom. I prefer phones that I can actually sit on their side, put on my desk, put on my, wherever I'm at and, and look at them without having to have an accessory. Yeah, that's the one thing that I really love about the 5S in in that whole generation. Yep. And I also ran across an article on Diply, which is 15 iPhone tricks Apple has been hiding from you. I wouldn't exactly say Apple has been hiding it, but uh, as we all know, this is the age of there are no manuals anymore and nobody really learns or hacks their systems anymore. Uh, There's some really interesting stuff in here that I had no idea about having had an iPhone forever. I didn't know you could create your own custom vibration pattern, which is kind of cool. I love the flashing alerts thing. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? We did that on like episode five. Yeah, I don't pay attention to you. No, we did it together on episode five. Well, I forgot about it. We were drinking back then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh. See, I forgot about that. Uh, The flashing (laughs) alerts thing reminds me of the only thing I ever liked about having a BlackBerry, so I like to be able to do that. I did not know that you could shake your phone to undo mistake-filled typing. That's fun. I knew that. I've been been doing that for a while. I like especially the tech stuff, like uh, how you clean up RAM and clear the cache and all that sort of stuff, which you never think to do because they always tell you it doesn't really matter, but it does. Um, Time stands for messages and uh, uh, tabs and Safari. I don't use Safari on my phone anyways, but there are a couple really cool things in here. So this uh, is 15 iPhone tricks. Apple has been uh, in hiding, hiding in plain, us. hiding in plain sight that everybody else knew except Brian. Yes. Everybody except me. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Although I do want to point out that number 13, don't settle for bad Wi-Fi, is actually a bad thing. Wi-Fi assist. Turn that shit off. Turn that shit way off. Yes. Way off. Um, so I, my, my gadget of the week is the Logitech MX master wireless mouse. I talked now, about we talked about this before and you were had it and didn't like it. I can't remember what we were talking about. And I just said it looks ugly because it kind of looks like a Cylon ship. And oh, gold. it's hideous. It's, yeah. it's it's ridiculously hideous. Ergonomically, it's mm-hmm. perfect. Actually, it's it reminds me of the perfect. Slave One. The Slave One? Boba Fett ship. Uh, um, uh, actually, I'm, 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 I'm holding it up sideways to see how it looks when it flies sideways. Um, kind of, it actually, you're, you're kind of spot on on that one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, the thing about this mouse is, uh, I did not, I need it for editing and yeah. everybody that uses logic pro was like, you need this mouse. This is the best mouse, blah, blah, blah. I got it. Couldn't make it work right. And now that I'm going back to logic, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm dealing with a magic mouse. Let me try this thing again. I've got it. I own it. Cost me a hundred bucks. You can now get it for $80 because technology goes down in price. Yes. Um, 
there there are multiple things about this mouse that I hate. Mm-hmm. The first one is there's this downward thumb button that basically I turn off. Um, the other thing that I hate about it is that it's very dark. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the old. Those are the only two things I hate about it. Everything else I love about this mouse now because I figured out how to make logic bend to my will by using this mouse. Okay, but um, other than logic, what about just your regular day-to-day Mac using? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um the one thing that this has that most uh, that no Okay, so it's got a vertical scroll wheel and it's got a horizontal scroll wheel. Yep. When I use my Apple Magic mouse, I use two fingers to simulate the um vertical or the horizontal scroll wheel, right? So I'm going mm-hmm. left to right. Yep. What you can do with this is you can use your pointer finger to create a modifier key mm-hmm. and then use the horizontal scroll, which in logic or any other, you know, program mm-hmm. means that you can, you can do zooming or uh, zoom in, zoom out type of yep. stuff. You cannot do that with a magic mouse. This is the only mouse that you can do that with that I have. Obviously you can probably yep. do it with another one, but having a modifier key with Horizontal scrolling is key. It's it's absolutely key. And this and you can do the same thing with the vertical scrolling. There's a ton of stuff that you can do with this thing. Completely pre-programmable for all of your different apps. Stop typing. I can hear you in the background. You're checking your email, damn it. Okay. You got me. <laughs> I did get you. Although I am actually also placing this uh, placing this mouse in my Amazon account because I've been trying. To, I'm still using the ones that I use with my PC. I'm using my old keyboard and my old mouse uh, with the full Mac now, and it's not cutting it. So now that you just sold me on the whole zooming and scrolling and all that sort of stuff, because that's I was going to use the Magic Mouse, and now, but I hate the Magic Mouse. So See, I've, lo- I've loved the Magic Mouse until I found that there was a way to have an option, but like a, a key modifier with your vertical and horizontal scrolling. Um, I would appreciate it if you would take it out of your Amazon account and then go to the show notes at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 162 and click on the link to the Logitech mouse so I can get like my 10 cents. I would really appreciate that. Wait, you can get your 10 cents? I thought this was a, a Grumpy Old Geeks Amazon account. Hey, the way this works is you you pimp something, <laughs> you get your share. I pimp something, I get my share. All right, fair enough. Because guess what? I bought a Mira fucking two chair from your Amazon account and you got a hell of a lot more than I'm going to get from you buying a Logitech mouse. That's true. I think I made three bucks off that. Yes. My thousand dollar chair. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Definitely check this out. And the last thing I wanted to mention was that it is a USB. Uh, it's got a yep. USB charger on it. Yep. So it has uh, you can you can use it as kind of a tethered mouse. But it's also got built-in rechargeable batteries, mm-hmm. which means that you don't have to go find double A's every time your Apple Magic Mouse runs out of juice. Nice. So all in all, and now that it's like 80 bucks, just just go get the damn thing. It's amazing. Yeah, the keyboard that goes with it doesn't look too bad either. Yeah, skip that. Okay. We'll be right back. Enjoy a word from our sponsors. Media Candy. Top Gear is back. No, it's not. No, it's not. Top Gear is not back. Because Top Gear is dead. It's in the ground. It's tits up like a fucking Monty Python parrot. It's gone. 
Does that mean you saw it? Hell no. Yeah, I didn't either. But uh, uh, online, everybody's crapping on it. So I downloaded it and I was going to watch it just because you said you were going to make me watch it. Yep. And then I'm like, you know what? I want this bitch to watch it first. And you haven't. So ergo, I get a hall pass. That's true. You do. Uh, you know, I'm in Canada. It's hard to get this stuff here. Sweden. Yeah, I haven't had time. Anyways, uh, I'll do it. I'll I'm download sorry, it when I get back. You know what? I cannot I cannot fault you because this is your last vacation before you're a dad. It kind of really is. So it hasn't been much of a vacation, but I haven't been able to do a lot. Obviously, uh, I will watch this when I get back, even though I'm just looking at the screenshots and it looks painful. Oh, it looks um, so painful. I, <laughs> it looks I, so painful. <laughs> you know, I've I lived in England for a while. I know Chris Evans. I don't like him. Um, I, I was never a fan of Friends. I don't give a crap about Matt LeBlanc. This is I, I this is going to be painful. But I will do it for you. Oh, wait to shit on something before you've seen it. Yeah, well, that's what we do here. <laughs> that is what we do here. <laughs> and speaking of shitting on things before we see it, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is in trouble. Uh-oh. This might be too much of a good thing, and I was a bit worried about this as well. I was like, why don't we just do the three big ones? Why do we have to start all these different franchises? Oh, yeah, it's because it's Money. Disney, and they have to beat everything into the ground. <laughs> Um, apparently it's not going well. Uh, they, they did some, uh, screenings for execs and they didn't like it. So there's going to be a bunch of reshoots this summer, even though they're still shooting for the Christmas release of the movie. Um, the only good thing I did hear, and this just came out today is that reportedly the movie ends 10 minutes before the first star Wars begins. So I'm assuming we will have a shot of the princess Leia ship flying over Tatooine. Okay. So that's interesting. Now there's Mm -hmm. two things. Actually, there are two interesting things here. Yes. They screened it for executives. Yep. Right? Yep. Executives are, are historically idiots. fucking morons. They the, the clot of dirt <laughs> that my dog just shit on in my front yard is smarter than a studio executive. Your your metaphors this episode, Jason, have been spectacular. I'm trying. Say, I'm yes. really I'm I'm stretching myself. I'm I'm trying to get better at this. Um, <laughs> but that is an accurate metaphor. I'm sorry. If you've ever worked in Hollywood, that is about the most accurate metaphor you'll get for a studio executive. No, it's but, right. They, they have no idea what they're doing. And I want to read this one particular paragraph really quickly. And this is from uh, vulture.com. Uh, according to the Hollywood reporter, they screened the film and felt it was totally off what a classic star Wars movie should feel like. Apparently this rough cut had the feel of a war movie and the goal of the reshoots will be to lighten the mood, bring some levity into the story and restore a sense of fun to the adventure. I think that that this should have a different tone. And this terrifies me because this sounds like they're going to Jar Jar Binks it. It's supposed to be a fucking war movie because how many people lost their lives getting them the plans for the fucking Death Star? I'm yeah. sorry. That was that was laid out clear as day in, in, in <laughs> yes. A New Ma- Hope. Rem- remember that really awkward moment where she goes, many Bothan spies died to bring us this information. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the entire fucking point of this movie. Yes, it is. So I'm a little, <sighs> I'm worried. So we'll just leave it at that. I'm worried. Oh, uh, well, maybe there'll be a director's cut because we know those are always great. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. Ooh, fancy. I can't believe it took people this long to make this. Uh, but uh, Think Geek has a line of Star Trek swimsuits. These are awesome. Uh <laughs> They're old school classic style or actually, I guess they're kind of next gen, right? These are next gen. These are all next gen. Yeah, yeah these are next gen outfits. So you can bust out your inner Troy. Um, my only recommendation would be don't wear the red one. OK, here, here's here's the thing. 
Um, where's the dudes? Yeah, they didn't make anything for dudes, which is a bummer. But I guess what do you do, really? I want a speedo communicate. I want a speedo with a communicator. Oh boy, right here we middle. go, ladies. Turn nope, it away. That's it. I'm like, hey, baby, want to chat? <laughs> Touch my communicator. And that's this it. is and this is precisely why there isn't one for men. <laughs> this is precisely Anyways, why there should be one for men. These are really, really cool. Uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, now that we've reached a point where geek culture is kind of regular culture, I can actually see women wearing this and not feeling stupid. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's, since you took it lowbrow. Uh, me? <laughs> well, you started the whole thing. I, I reported yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, don't even start. Don't okay, even, just, yeah. just, just sit down. Sit down. Yes, I, I you're see the one. That, you're the one that talked about this. So yes. I'm going to talk about the only playable Stradivarius guitar left in the world, which I did not know that Stradivarius made guitars. I knew he made violins, and I, I'm a classical music fan, so I knew about the Stradivarius guitars, but I did not know he made the Sabionari, which was made in 1679. Er, mm-hmm. Shut up. Which was made in 1679 and yes. sounds amazing. It's in the hands of a private collector, but it is a beautiful guitar. The fact that there's a Stradivarius guitar is pretty cool. Little known fact, this was used in recording Girls, Girls, Girls. Are you kidding me? Loving. So you want to know about something that's fucked up, Brian? Uh, this story that you're about to talk about is pretty fucked up. Yes, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> even though even though you shit on my Stradivarius story. Oh, but, don't be so butthurt because I didn't have a comment about your Stradivarius. Oh, uh, it's okay. You you were, you were butthurt about half my stories all day. I, I know this is payback. <laughs> anyway, I like this story, though. In the mid-1950s, <laughs> the Army was using motorized blowers in uh, low-income housing in St. Louis mm-hmm. to test biological weapons on our own people. Yeah, this is all messed up. This is uh, all kinds of messed up. Dude, dude, <laughs> this is this is just unfucking I'm I you know what? I'm going to go millennial. This is unfucking redonkulous. <laughs> oh yes, wait, maybe that was 80s. I think uh, redonkulous was 80s. 80s, yeah. Uh, so this is all local This is cray cray ridic. Local officials were told at the time that the government was testing a smoke screen that yeah. can shield St. Louis from aerial <laughs> observation in case the Russians attacked. Uh, but what, <laughs> what we're, we're really going doing... to do is we're going to create a smoke screen that kills everybody in St. Louis. So if the Russians attack, there's nobody left to kill. Yeah, That's what they I... were doing. <laughs> you can't kill them. We're going to do it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually sprayed zinc cadmium sulfide, which is a fine fluorescent powder all over low income areas of St. Louis, because, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh <laughs> I, I, I might, I might is, not come back from Canada is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying this is fucking indefensible. This yeah, is really fucking is. indefensible. And, and the fact that it isn't on, you know, it isn't on 60 Minutes. It isn't on the nightly news. It isn't. It'll be there nobody is point. screaming from the rooftops. This comes from CBS News. This. So it's coming. It's, you know, because th- there's a massive lawsuit from the people of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this woman who lost like her entire 17 person family. Because yeah. apparently instead of buying condoms, they just you know whatever way to go there with that one (laughs) hey hey, no look man i'm an anti-breeder you know that yes um even though you're having a kid you can have one i'm i'm with china (laughs) so actually they released their 
they're uh, they they relax their restrictions. So and and China, actually, China's not with you anymore either. And here's the funny thing: you know why re- why China relaxed the restrictions? Because when the elderly parents need need actual care. Mm-hmm. One child cannot actually go to work while the other one is taking care yeah. of the parents. So yeah. that that entire one child strategy backfired on them because they're like, oh, well, we need a family to take care of a family. Derp. Dumbasses. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. The, this whole thing in St. Louis is crazy. And we we dumped nuclear crap on our own people. Yep, we sure did. Well, we didn't. Uh, the 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 greatest generation did. Closing shout outs. I'd like to give a closing shout out to my friend Tim Ferriss and a random dog tip that he threw <sighs> out. I it, you don't have to drink. You don't have to drink. I didn't no, mention I, I, the puppy. I've got some Canadian club whiskey here. Yeah, bullshit. You do. It's fucking nine ten in the morning over there. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, have a maple cookie for me. Uh, okay. This is not a this is not a drinky podcast. So, what I want to say is, he he put out this weird thing where he's just like, "Yeah, I'm having sardines for breakfast," which is the most disgusting thing in the world. By the way, I would never I would never wish that on my worst enemy. But he's taking the sardine oil and pouring it on his dog food mm-hmm. to help their coat. That has my dog has been very itchy in the summer. If you have a dog and they're very itchy in the summer, try just putting a little sardine oil on it. And when you run out of sardine oil, keep the sardines in the can because you don't want to eat them because they're fucking disgusting. You pour a little bit more oil on it, leave it overnight. Next morning, guess what you got? More sardine oil. So you can take a $2 can of sardine oil, make it last for four days, and it's 50 cents a day, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my dog is shiny. And smells like a fish now. I love it. So thank you, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give a tip of the toque to uh, Tim Hortons and their lovely breakfast sandwich that I had this morning. Uh, to my Canadian friends and family, I had a blast here. I am somewhat looking forward to going home, although after reading all these news stories, maybe not so much. And a uh, definite thank you to friend of the show, Ted, who I got to hang out with here, and friend of the show, Kevin, who bought me a pint or two the other day. So thank you very much. I've had a blast, and uh, I'll be back in the U.S. soon. So thanks a lot. All right, great. And if any friends of the show are in the Downers Grove area of Illinois and want to buy me a pint or cookies or whatever the hell Brian gets up in Toronto, then give me a call and stop by because I'm here with my sardine-smelling dog. Way to sell it, Jason. I know. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schillmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support, eh? If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by The Band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG and get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy, and he's a proud Torontonian. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 162. You kind of read that like you had some of my Lipton crazy cold brew iced tea. Nice. (laughs) 